but Psalm 61 tonight. Verse number one, you can start right there in the, the heading of it, says Psalm 61, to the chief musician upon Niganah, or uh, a psalm of David. Now, if you don't know what that, that word right there means, I didn't know what it means, but it talks about on a stringed instrument uh, is what's, what's, what we're talking about here. David's, the Lord's give David a psalm or a song, and it's to be played on a stringed instrument uh, when they, they recite it or say it. And uh, my mind goes, it's just I could hear him just strumming that thing and singing it. Uh, just like we do here, and we thank the Lord for, for a good, how many are glad for good songs, amen? Uh, not, they don't just sound good, but they're good, amen? They help you out, they encourage you, they strengthen you. Uh, don't, don't get me started on, on entertainment and all that good stuff tonight. Uh, but look at verse 1, it says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert or the covert of thy wings, Selah. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this evening. What a privilege, Lord, what a blessing it is to be in the house of God tonight. Lord, I'm not here tonight because I'm a super Christian. God, I'm here tonight because I need to hear from heaven. I need help. I need the encouragement of the brethren and the family of God. Lord, I need the fellowship just as much as the person next to me. Lord, just thank you tonight, God, that we can meet together. Lord, we can fellowship. God, we can catch up. God, we can encourage and joke. And uh, Lord, just enjoy the company, God, that you've given us. But Lord, we can also come tonight and lift up our prayer requests and our needs unto you, knowing that we're talking to the very God of heaven that is uh, capable of doing all things. And Lord, there's nothing that is impossible with you. Lord, we ask you again tonight. Lord, it's already been mentioned, already been requested. But God, we ask you just to move in a mighty way in those prayer requests. God, do things, God, that we know uh, Lord, that you can do, but God, do them in such a way that all we can do is lift up our hands and say, thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. So we ask you, Lord, tonight that you just help us to glean from the word of God the truths, God, that we need to make it through the week, Lord, and the rest of our Christian life. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We'll give you the glory and give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want you to look at verse number two tonight. Right there in the midst of it, David opens up his heart to us. David opens not just to us, but really to the Lord. And he makes a statement. He says, Lord, my heart is overwhelmed. My heart is overwhelmed. Let me ask you tonight, you ever been overwhelmed? <laughs> You've ever had something that, that it was just beyond you, it was bigger than you, it was greater than you, and you could not, and you knew that you could not handle all that was going on in your life. That word overwhelmed means to come to the point that if things don't change, you're going to faint. You're going to fall out. You're going to give up. You're going to give out. And here's David. Here's a man after God's own heart. He said, right now, Lord, that heart that is normally after you and going towards you is completely and totally overwhelmed. Now, let me ask you tonight, what was, what was so overwhelming in David's life that he's come to the place where all he can say to the Lord is, Lord, my heart is overwhelmed. And I studied this out and, 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 and the best of my knowledge that historians, Bible scholars, they cannot pinpoint exactly when this psalm was written in David's life. They know David's the author of it, but they don't know when he wrote it. Some say he might have wrote it while he was running from Absalom or as he was running from Saul or as he's preparing for battle along the, the Euphrates. That's what one person said. But they all can say this. We're not really sure when David wrote this psalm. And in reality, the uncertainty or the, the unknown there is more of a blessing 
then it is a, a hindrance tonight because if it was a singular event, if it was just one thing in David's life that we could pinpoint and we could say, all right, that was it that caused David to be overwhelmed, then if we had another situation that overwhelmed us, we wouldn't have any hope. We wouldn't have any help because here's the truth tonight, different things overwhelm different people. What overwhelms you tonight may not overwhelm me. And what overwhelms me may not overwhelm you. And here's the thing tonight, we can get up today or tomorrow and we'll say, well, it was a good day yesterday, but something can take place tomorrow that'll leave us in the same position that David is with his heart overwhelmed. Some people get overwhelmed when there's a lot going on. Right, you, there's, there's a lot going on. Our days are busy, our lives are busy. We add two, we add two, we add two, we add two. And then before we know it, we're overwhelmed. Some people, you know, you call it sensory overload. Some people, y'all can go to the store, you can walk around, you can go to Sam's Club, you can walk down every aisle, touch every piece of fabric, go down everything, see everything, look at everything, and still come out with what you intended to go in and get. I'm not that way. Sam's Club overwhelms me, right? There's so much going on. It's so high. Everything's everywhere. And, you know, there's five gallons of mayonnaise over here and all this different stuff. And if I don't have a list or if I don't go directly for what I came for, I'll come, with, come out with something I didn't need and leave what I needed inside the store, right? We different. Sometimes we get overwhelmed when there's a lot going on. Sometimes we get overwhelmed when something unexpected happens, Right, we, we, we have our routines, we have our, our lives, we have our schedules, and then in the midst of it, something happens that we haven't planned for, that we haven't, we haven't prepared for, and now it's become something that is overwhelming to us. One of the things we try to teach our children is that you've got to learn not to panic. You've got to learn not to panic. The worst thing you can do in any situation is panic. But can I say sometimes when it's something unexpected the overwhelming sense in our life begins to take control and all of a sudden we, we, we freeze up. We don't know what to do. We, we're, we're just stuck and we're, we're scared and we're overwhelmed. Sometimes there's a lot going on. Sometimes it's unexpected. Sometimes we get overwhelmed preparing for a big event. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. A wedding can become overwhelming. A party that you're planning for can become overwhelming. A, a big life change can become overwhelming. I remember the night that I left the uh, Sonic to go work at the cabinet shop. And then really when I left the cabinet shop to come pastoring full time, both those nights before those big changes, I didn't sleep a wink. I was, I was nervous, excited, scared, all those things. But oftentimes when we're preparing for a big event, we can become overwhelmed. It can be something bad that overwhelms us, a bad event, bad news, bad things. Or it can even be good things that overwhelm us. We see here tonight, we don't know exactly what overwhelmed David here, and I don't think the psalm tonight specifically is about me and you learning what overwhelms us, but rather what do we do once we're overwhelmed? How do we go from being overwhelmed to being back to what you and I would call normal tonight? To, to being level-headed, to being back on solid ground. How does one do that? And thankfully, in Psalm 61, in these four verses, we see some things that we can do and we can realize that'll help us when we're overwhelmed to go back to what you and I know we're supposed to be doing. Every Christian and I can know what to do when they're overwhelmed by observing the following truths in Psalm 61. Notice, number one, tonight there was an exhausting search. There was an exhausting search. Look at verse number two. David said, from the end of the earth will I cry 
unto thee. Now tonight when David says that, he's not speaking about a geographical location. Matter of fact, history tells us that David actually spent very little time outside of Israel and outside of the promised land of God. There's a few times he went down in different the land of the Philistines and whatnot. But David didn't, when David said it from the ends of the earth, David didn't say, I got in the boat and I found the end of the earth and I stopped right there and then I said, you know what, I'm going to pray. I'm going to call out on God. Now tonight, we are privy to the fact that the world is round. It's a sphere. Uh, <laughs> there's some that disagree with me about that. But I believe it to be a sphere tonight. I believe it, and there's no end to the earth, so to speak. If you start going west, you'll always go west. If you start going east, you'll always go east. That's, you can't find the end of the earth. What David was saying here tonight is that he had tried everything he knew to self-soothe and self-cure his uh, overwhelming, overwhelmed heart tonight. David had exhausted every earthly resource uh, to stop being overwhelmed and having come to the end of it, but with no success. This is he's saying, God, I have tried everything I know to do to help my overwhelmed heart and none of it's worked. Right, and so many times in our Christian life, we try to do the same thing, right? We, we, here's the thing tonight, write this down if you want to, if you don't have, you don't have to, all that kind of stuff, but you'll never solve or fix an overwhelmed heart with a thing. You'll never fix an overwhelmed heart with a thing. Vacations don't solve being overwhelmed. Hobbies don't solve being overwhelmed, especially if you got hobbies like I do. Right, I, I go to the disc golf course with TR to clear my head and to, 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 to unload and to just have a good time and then I lose a Frisbee. And now all of a sudden my overwhelmingness has just been added to. And TR comes with a simple solution, just buy another one, Dad. Something, then things ain't free. <laughs> but vacations don't solve being overwhelmed. Hobbies don't solve being overwhelmed. Avoidance doesn't solve being overwhelmed tonight. There's not a thing in this earth that you and I can grasp or try that'll solve an overwhelmed heart. I remember, uh, I knew some people that every time there was a problem or an issue, uh, either in their family or in, in their surroundings or in their environment, any time there was a problem, they took a vacation. Right, and they would just—they would just boom. They'd be gone, and, and and they would come back. And I said, "Well, how did you enjoy your vacation? Did you have a good time?" They said, "Well, we really couldn't enjoy it because we knew what we was coming home to." <laughs> Can I say tonight, if you think your vacation is going to solve your overwhelmed heart, you need to deal with your overwhelmed heart before you ever go on vacation. If I'm going to pay to go somewhere, if I'm going to pay that kind of money to go on vacation, by the grace of God, I'm going to enjoy it. Amen. But I do realize tonight that that is not the solution for my overwhelmed heart. And David said, I've tried everything. Here's the thing, as long as you and I are turning to things to try to solve and fix our overwhelmed hearts tonight, we'll find ourselves like David at the end of it, exhausted and tired and saying it does not work. Let me ask you tonight, are you going to let being overwhelmed leave you exhausted or are you going to willing to deal with it biblically? We're going to see tonight how David dealt with his overwhelmed heart. First part, he realized it wasn't a thing that he needed. It wasn't a, a thing of this earth. He'd come to the end of the earth and realize that wasn't it. But notice number two tonight, there was release control. There was an exhausting search, but notice number two, there was a release control. Look at verse number two. It says, from the end of the earth will I cry 
when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, there's a big difference tonight in our Christian life of knowing the right thing to do and actually doing the right thing. Most Christians tonight can quote or, or can agree with that they know Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Or 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. We know those verses, but they're not just things that sound good. They are to be practiced and they are to be put into action in our Christian life tonight. Here's the thing tonight, when it's all said and done, when we get done tonight, we'll know how to deal with our overwhelmed hearts, but it's, it's one thing to know how to do it and then actually do it. And so tonight, if we're gonna get the information, we gotta learn how to put it into practice. David was at the end and asked the Lord to do something he could not do for himself. Lead me, Lord. Lord, I have wandered, I have walked, I have tried everything, and Lord, none of it's working, none of it's helping. Lord, I need you to lead me. And here's the thing tonight, if you're following somebody, you have released control of the situation. You're no longer in control of it, amen? You are following whoever you're leading, whoever's leading you tonight. If we're going to let, get help and relief, we'll have to do it God's Tonight, I, 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 there is no earthly solution to an overwhelmed heart and we all came to the agreement tonight at some point in our life, even maybe now, we're overwhelmed with some things. They are beyond our control. They're beyond our ability. We've come to the end of the road, the end of the rope, so to speak, and tonight, we're gonna have to stop back and say, all right, Lord, I've tried everything. Lead me, Lord, to a rock that is higher than I. There was a little boy who had... Mom and dad had gave him 25 cents to go down to the candy store. Now, you can tell this is old uh, because now, the story is old at least, because nowadays 25 cents ain't buying you nothing. Amen. <laughs> if we were to tell it nowadays, it said, mom and dad sent boy down to the candy store with $20. The little boy goes down and he's got 25 cents and he's behind in a, a line of three or four other little boys and girls who also have 25 cents. And there on the, the counter is a, a sign that says, for 25 cents, you can get a handful of candy. And he watches one after another, after another. They give the man the, at the counter 25 cents. They reach in and they grab 25, a handful's worth of candy. They're coming out, they're excited. They've got about three or four pieces of candy. They're out there comparing what they've got and, and all that kind of stuff. That little boy walks up to the counter. He hands 25 cents to the man behind the counter and he says, all right, son, go ahead, reach in there. He said, no, sir. I want you to reach in there for me. The man says, well, why would you want me to do that? And the young man says, I know what I can get in my hands, but you can get a whole lot more in yours if you'll just reach in. And sometimes in our Christian life, we've got to learn to release control and actually give it over to the Lord. And say, so, Lord, I, I can't do this myself. I've come to the end of my earth, so to speak. And Lord, I know what I can do and it's not helping anything. Lord, I'm letting go. And Lord, I'm asking you to help me with what is overwhelming me. Let me ask you, are you willing to let go of whatever's overwhelming you so the Lord can help you? Tonight, if you're gonna hold on to it and you're not gonna give it over to the Lord, there's not much help for you tonight. There's not, I, I can't fix it for you. I, I don't have the secret solution for you. I don't have a, 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 a special insight into your life, but God does. 
And God knows what you need and God knows how to help you, but you've got to let him be God in your life. I understand tonight that he sits high, that there's no one like unto the Lord tonight and he's always been God, he always will be God, but he's also a perfect gentleman tonight. In essence, he wants to help you, he's willing to help you, but you've got to learn to let go. He'll let you have your way. He'll let you live how you want to live and do what you want to do and it comes at a high cost. But if we'll just let go and say, all right, Lord, I can't handle this no more. Lord, I need help. Right? And leave it in his hands tonight. God can do much more with what's overwhelming you tonight than you can tonight. Notice there was release control. There was an exhausting search. Notice number three tonight. There was a realized advantage. There was a realized advantage. Look at verse number three tonight. Don't worry, I've only got six more points to go. Verse number three tonight. It says, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. In verse number two, David was asking for a place. Lord, put, lead me to a rock, a place of stability, a place of, of foundation, a place where I can stand firmly that is higher than me. But in verse number three, David realized something that he already knew and then he came back to his memory. He said, Lord, look at verse number three. What's it say right there? For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. He didn't say, Lord, you just started right now being a shelter for me in a strong tower. He said, Lord, you have been. How many have ever realized sometimes in your Christian life you already knew something? You already had the knowledge of it and, and you go through life and, and you go through a situation for God just to remind you of what you already knew and to bring it back into your memory. You're thinking, I already knew that. You ever feel that as a Christian? Like, man, I already knew that. Why did it take me so long to realize that? There's David. Lord, you've already been a shelter for me and a strong tower. Lord, I should have known from the first. I didn't have to go to the ends of the earth to try to solve my overwhelming heart. I could have just came to you. For thou hast been... We get reassurance of things we already know. The practical experience matches up with the learned I knew that's what the Bible said. But now I've lived it and I, now I know it again. It, it's true again to me and it's, it, it reassures us. It, it helps us along the way. Notice David said, I'm looking for a place and I forgot I already got the person that can help me out with what is overwhelming my heart. Notice what he said in verse number three. He said, the Lord is a shelter for me. A shelter for me, my safe place. That's what a shelter is. It's a safe place. Now in 2022, you've got to define that, right? Because uh, in popular opinion, in popular culture, that word safe place means you can't say anything that might hurt somebody's feelings. You can't say a truth because it might rub somebody the wrong way. You've got to wear your safety pin so you know it's a safe place. It's not what Dave was talking about. Dave was saying when my heart is overwhelmed, when the world's gone crazy around me, the Lord is my safe place. He's my shelter. What, why do you build shelters? Why do you uh, construct a, a shelter in the wilderness or a, a, a put up a tent when you go camping to protect you from the elements? Right? I, I've grown up, I was in Boy Scouts and every month we went camping and every month it seemed to rain. On the weekend we went camping. I didn't know if I was in Boy Scouts or Sea Scouts. It was so much water everywhere when I was growing up. But I was so glad I had a waterproof tent. Because everywhere on the outside was wet and, 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 and just misery. 
But on the inside, inside of a dry sleeping bag, I was a-okay. I was sheltered from the elements. I was in a safe place. We were riding down the road the other day and we were looking at the hay bales that were in the field and Raylan said, Dad, wouldn't it be cool to sleep on a hay bale? I said, well, I just want to let you know, Raylan, your dad's cool. I've already done that. I've slept on a hay bale. She said, really? I said, yeah, we were on a camping trip and we, the campsite happened to be right next to a hay field that they had just harvested and they had just the big round bales and there was two of them right next to each other and I plopped in right between them, watched the meteor shower that night, one of the greatest camping trips I've ever been on until about three o'clock in the morning and I heard a noise come from the woods and to this day, I still don't know what that noise was. It was a screech, a scream, a squeal, all mixed into one and I hopped off that hay bale and ran inside of my tent because that, that, that millimeter thick plastic was going to save me from whatever was in the woods that night. But a shelter is a safe place. It protects me from the elements. It's a place of peace. It allows me to think clearly and correctly. It, it, it blocks the noise that is going on or that which is overwhelming me. When I get in the presence of God, when I, when, when I, when I go before the throne of grace boldly, when I, when I find myself pouring my heart out to God, I'm in a safe place. And as I linger, as I, as I stay in that safe place, and that which has overwhelmed me becomes silent and quiet, I'm able to think clearly and correctly this evening. He said, the Lord is my shelter. But then he said, the Lord is my strong tower. The Lord is my strong tower, my lookout, my security. Now, this evening, you'd have to do a little bit of study to figure out what is a strong tower, where did they come from, why did they have them, where were they located? Because when I think strong tower, I think castle. I think of a big building, you know, with, with, a, with cannons and archers and all that wonderful medieval stuff. But David wasn't talking about a castle. David was talking about the strong tower he would have found in a vineyard. And they would have built that strong tower in the middle of that vineyard. It would have been a tall tower. And on top of that tower would have been a lookout who could observe the whole vineyard and see prospective uh, hindrances and see problems on the horizon and, and think how to deal with them before they ever got into the vineyard. Preacher, who in the world would want to get into the vineyard? The Bible talks about foxes. Come, some would come in to steal and different things like that. And not only tonight is God my safe place, but he's also my strong tower. And when I am walking step in step with him, when I am being led by the Spirit tonight, how many are glad tonight as you're being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you those warnings. He gives you that insight. He gives you that, 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 that where you can see the problem and not only just see it, but know how to fix it. And here, David said, the Lord's not just my safe place, but he's my strong tower. It allowed them to see the problems and act accordingly. The Lord is just a, not just a safe place from what is overwhelming us, but the Lord himself is a solution to what is overwhelming us. And as we go to the strong tower, so to speak, we can look out and the Lord said, here's where the problem is. Here's where the issue is. Here's how you resolve this. Here's how you fix this. Can I say tonight, the Lord's goal isn't just to hide us from what is overwhelming us, but to help us overcome what is overwhelming us as well. How, how do you know that? Well, he's not, he's not just my safe place, my shelter, but he's also my strong tower this evening. Do you realize the answer to your overwhelming problem isn't a what, but a who? 
Preacher, how do I fix my overwhelming heart? Get to the one who can fix it. Don't find the what. Don't look for the thing. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help. Notice tonight, number four, and we'll be done this evening. Not only was there an exhausting search and a release control and a realized advantage, but notice number four, there was a reassuring promise. Look at verse number four. Here's a man in verse number two, his heart's overwhelmed. There's something in David's life that has brought him to the place of almost fainting. In verse number four, he said, I'll abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, or the cover of thy wings. There was a reassuring promise. The temporal problem had David overwhelmed, but an eternal promise brought David great peace. David said, yes, this, my heart is overwhelmed. There's something great going on and some, some great problem, some great issue, some great need. But David said, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. How many are glad tonight that which overwhelms us, that which sometimes gets the best of us, so to speak, doesn't neglect the fact that this world is not our home. Well, I'm glad that one of these days, that which overwhelms me here, that which causes panic in my life, that which causes worry and doubt and all those things, that one day all that's going to be gone. I'll never be overwhelmed with problems again. Rather, I'll be overwhelmed in the presence of God. And that's a good overwhelming problem we finally get to heaven and see the Lord face to face. Preacher, how, how overwhelming is that going to be? I don't think we'll ever get over it. <laughs> but it's a good thing, amen, that we'll never get over the fact that we are saved by grace and that we get to see our Savior and spend eternity in heaven with him. Our greatest promise uh, in, in the Christian life is not an easy life, right? God didn't say, all right, now that you're saved, nothing's going to overwhelm you anymore. You're not going to struggle anymore. You'll have perfect health. You'll have lots of money and everything will be easy peasy. It's not what the Bible says. The greatest promise is not an easy life on earth, but rather the, one of the greatest promises we have is a perfect eternal life in heaven. And so we have to realize tonight that when everything's overwhelming, sometimes we just got to step back and say, you know what? Even if nothing changes, even if nothing is fixed how I want it to be fixed, even if nothing uh, is, is better in my opinion, I know tonight one of these days I'm going to leave this world behind. And I'll never have to deal with that overwhelming issues again in my life. We can face each overwhelming problem knowing it might just be the last one. <laughs> you ever thought about that? It might just be, preacher, that sounds grim. That sounds... That sounds discouraging, preacher. It might be the last one. For a Christian, it's not. Because I know the moment I take my last breath here, I know where I'm headed tonight. Death for the Christian is really just a, 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 a translating from one place to the next. We, we leave this world behind to enjoy the perfect place called heaven. And so we know tonight that Thanks be to God because of the grace of God, because of salvation, that if I face my last overwhelming thing tonight and I wake up in a place called heaven, I know all my problems are solved. And if not, we can live in the second part of that verse. Look, look what he says right there in verse number four. I will abide in the tabernacle forever. I will trust in the cover of thy wings. David said, thou, if I don't get to go to heaven, in the sense that I'm going right now. If that's not the plan for the Lord to take me home at that moment, then I still have a safe place. I still have a, a, a place that I can go to, and it's in the cover 
of his wings. Either way, tonight, we end up in a good place. If we end up in the tabernacles forever, we're in a perfect place of peace. If we end up in the cover of his wings tonight, we end up in a place of his peaceful presence. The safest place a Christian could ever be is under the wings of God tonight, covered by the, the, the power and the might of God this evening. David said, my heart's overwhelmed. He said, and I went to the ends of the earth to try to solve it, and I couldn't. He said, but then I was reminded I already had what I needed to fix it. So I went to him, and he said, I got a reassuring promise that I get to spend eternity in his tabernacle and his presence, and if I don't get to go right now, I still got a safe place under his wings this evening. Well, aren't you glad tonight that the Lord has exactly what you need when you're overwhelmed? Preacher, how do I deal with being overwhelmed? How do I, how do I fix the over? You don't fix it tonight. It's not about me and you fixing it. right? This is not a do-it-yourself project. This is not a DIY. This is how do you and I go from being overwhelmed back to understanding. We go to the one who can help us. We go to the one who already has the answer and is the answer tonight. So tonight, if you're overwhelmed, here's my solution. Get to the Lord. Go to the Lord tonight and do like David did. Open up your heart. Lord, I'm overwhelmed. Lord, I need help. And just a few verses later, David found what he was looking for. And he found it in the Lord tonight. Preacher, what do I do when I'm overwhelmed? Get to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again.